Michael Rosenbaum, uh, Lex Luthor from Smallville, The Flash from the Justice League, and you're listening to Geek Vibes Live. Not quite, everybody, but uh, thank you, Michael Rosenbaum. This is Hall of Heroes, and I'm joined by two amazing panelists. I'm joined with Eric for the first time uh, on Hall of Heroes. What's going on, Eric? Not much. How is everybody tonight? Good. Ready to talk some some superheroes. And I am also joined by the returning Shay. What's going on, Shay? What's going on, man? I'm 1-0. Let's see if I can go (laughs) 2-0. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Shay definitely, when when it comes up, has has some gloating to do, but we'll get to that. Um, Let's get right into it. Uh, welcome, everyone, to episode two of Hall of Heroes, where we break down all of the CW shows of the week. And as we go on, we might expand it more to Marvel shows like The Runaways and Jessica Jones season two when that comes, and so on and so forth. But now we are focusing on the CW uh, DC shows. So let's get right into it with Supergirl. Um, all right, so let's start right with it. We got uh, the ultimate showdown between Kara and, and Rain. Uh, Eric, I'll start with you. Thoughts of that ultimate showdown between the two of them? I thought that was the best mid-season finale that I've seen in Supergirl. Uh, the way Rain really handled Kara through the whole fight uh, really reminded me. I, I When I saw the after effects of the fight and the way Kara looked, the first thing that popped into my head was the old uh, comic Doomsday versus Superman fight. And it felt very, very important. And she's going to need backup. She's going to need a lot of backup. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I will say this. She got wrecked. (laughs) It was not, (laughs) it was not a, it was not a good evening for Kara that day. Uh, Shay, what were your thoughts of this ultimate showdown between Kara and Rain? You know, that day was crazy. Like, how how epic did you just make that? How epic did you sound when you made that statement? Superman and Doomsday? I didn't even think about that. I was just like, dang, Kara just got rocked. Like, there was no coming back from that. And you know what? I was loving Rain. I don't know what's going to happen with her daughter because she's really like the goddess of destruction as they want her to be. I don't think her daughter's going to survive very long. But I I was loving Rain. This is a great villainess. I am I am enjoying it. She's not giving no cut cards. Yeah. No, I'm completely with you. It it actually reminded me of Man of Steel. Uh especially with Rain literally throwing Kara through like a billion buildings up the sides mm-hmm. of buildings. Uh, it was it, it it definitely had the gravity of of Man of Steel to where you had a villain who gave no care about the city and had a superhero who could not overpower the villain to stop them from uh you know uh uh putting all that damage on onto the city. Um, but that not but that wasn't uh the only crazy thing that uh that happened in this. Uh, it's a two-sided question. Uh, Shay, I'll go to you first. What are your thoughts on the Lena and, and James love story? And are we getting Legion of Superheroes uh, right when we come back from, from break? So 
So, number one, uh, I've seen that coming from a mile away. Maybe that's just me. You know, I'm a female. I know how the game works. She's a powerful woman. She knew what she wanted. Personally, I saw it coming. I can kind of enjoy it because James, he always liked, like, Cara. You know what I mean? The good girl. The girlfriend Mm -hmm. he had after that, the good girl. Like, she was very successful, but, you know, this is a Luther. This is a businesswoman. She does not play. And at the end of the day, you are still her boss. That's the only dynamic I want to see them work because both of them can execute that very well. I believe they can. So I mean, I'm yeah, cool no, I, I agree. Well, what are I'm your cool thoughts on uh, what are your thoughts on us getting the Legion of Superheroes? I think that, and let me be reasonable when I say this, just so I can you know disclaim for the record. I believe that if we do have that legion, that means that they are seeing the longevity of Supergirl and how the storyline can continue to develop. And if they continue down this path like they're doing with Rain, then I agree with CW. This can go into that legion for a good at least two, three seasons, and it can be executed well. Because it's like it's this show on sci-fi called Killjoys, and how they allow the storyline to develop throughout that. It's only going to be like a five-season show. I can see that with Supergirl, and it will be executed in, a, I think, a great manner. That's the same way I feel about The Flash. They see the longevity that the show has, so they're okay. letting it develop on its own. They're not rushing it. They're not pushing it. They're just letting the characters become themselves. They're slow cooking yeah. on their own. Absolutely, yeah. and I think I think the biggest thing we learned from Arrow season one is CW likes to expand in case something doesn't work. They have backups. So you know, after after Arrow and Flash introduced us to so many different characters that we couldn't get within those two shows, they gave us Legend. So now Supergirl introducing us to so many characters that they can't hold and give all that screen time to. We could see down the road. A, a show on the CW um, after Black Lightning, we could see a Legion of Superheroes show. Um, and and I, I think they'd be able to do great things with that. So CW is very, CW to me is running themselves like Marvel. To where when and Marvel I am loving it. With, to where when Marvel first started with Iron Man, their vision was always for the future, to expand the exactly. world. And to give us as many B, uh, B-level, C-level uh, heroes uh, we can get. So they're looking to the future. So, um, you know, Legends of Tomorrow is a huge smash. Do you know how many people would clamor to the idea of a Legion of Superhero show? Um, a uh, lot. I, so I they're, they're prepping themselves. Well, hold on. Could they, also, could they also be setting up the crossover next year where the heroes have to go into the future? They could. Or, they I mean, I would, honestly, I would honestly like to see a crossover just between Legends and the Legion. Ooh. Why? Yes. No, but that why? would be because, cool. Why do you only want it to be the legend? That's way too much screen. That's way too much screen for all of Team Arrow, all of Team Flash, all of the legends, and all of the legions of superheroes. No, I, I'd prefer because honestly, next year, and I'll tell you more about this uh, as we get towards uh, the legend segment. But talking to Guggenheim and listening to Guggenheim. There are some nods to the fact that there is a Batman out there. There is a Green Lantern out there. We've seen Superman. Uh, we have Martian Manhunter. So we could get a Justice League Unlimited type of show 
to where when the crossovers happen, we see Batman interact with them. We see Superman interact with Arrow. We see Flash interact with, with uh, Hal Jordan. So it could open the door to so many other things. So I don't need to see every show uh, do a crossover together. The fact that you now have five different shows, they don't all need to interact with each other all the time. Uh, you can okay, have there be well, an episode. Go ahead, go ahead. Let me make, so let me make a point about what you said before. Now, I don't want, I agree, I don't want all of them in there. However, if you did, like, a crossover with The Legends of Tomorrow and The Flash, and only those two exclusively, that I, I could see that expanding into your Legion of Doom theory. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I can understand I have all of them, but you can't just do a crossover that with the Legion of Doom because that's just basically having another episode. So if you oh, put no, 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 a segment no. in there without all of them, then that can no, no, make no. the crossover look more into it. That's, that's my point. No, not the Legion of Doom, the Legion of Superheroes. I want to see the, the, the Legends uh, team up with the Legion of Superheroes, have a crossover between those two. Because it'd be unique to see the heroes of the future interact with the Inter- saviors of the future. Um, so it, it'd be really interesting to see how those worlds collided, especially uh, knowing that we're going to be getting a new Legends team next year. But we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, well, Eric, well, I go uh, to you. Go ahead. I, I'm gonna go. No, that's a tease, I'm gonna go man. Okay. Yeah, listen, listen. That 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 is a tease. We'll get into that. I promise. We'll we'll get into more of that and um and a lot more questions that uh, Mark Guggenheim answered about uh, stuff like that. But for now, uh, I wanted to pass it to you before we wrap up the Supergirl topic. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the idea of them introducing the Legion of Superheroes? And are you into this whole Lena and James love story? I think the Legion of Superheroes is an awesome idea. One, Kara's obviously overpowered and outgunned, and she's going to need the help. Uh, but just the idea of the Legion of Superheroes to see how Kara affects the future and influences the future so that she doesn't doubt herself in knowing that her actions are, are leading to something better. You know, she she can see that she's got a very positive influence on the future, and I think that'll help her step up and be a better Supergirl. Yeah, I, I could definitely sense. see. No, that makes perfect sense. I could definitely see how how she could inspire better and, and you know, uh, get these group of people to be heroes them, themselves. I could definitely see that. That's kind of what Barry and Oliver were for the idea of the legends. Uh, without them, the legends doesn't form. So you could say, you know, Kara sparks these, uh, these heroes that came from the future, uh, want to stay and protect, uh, you know, the technically, I guess it's the past to them. Um, yeah, so I, I could definitely see it. But what what are your what are your thoughts? Are, are you into the whole Lena and, and, and James love story? Uh initially <laughs> yes. I was I was surprised when the kiss happened. Shay knows I mean, Shay obviously picked it up before I did, you know, and <laughs> my family and I were sitting there and we all went, Ooh you know. <laughs> but I'm good with it. It's interesting, you know. I, I think it'll be. I think it'll be 
something interesting, you know, like after the whole, you know, Jimmy and Super or James and Supergirl breaking up, it's good to see him with somebody. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of come at it at, from the writer's point of view of okay, how can I develop James more? And I think Lena can do that for him. I mean, I, 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 I see the writing on the wall. I know how this relationship's going to pan out. I know what's going to happen. Kara and and what's his name? You know, they're they're not going to work out. He's with someone. He's he's moved on now. Um, so I could definitely see a situation to where uh, Kara and James get back gets back together, um, or gets together rather, and it sparks mm-hmm. Lena to become the Luthor uh, that she's been destined to become, which is uh, along the the lines of what her brother was, what her mother was, uh, being mm-hmm. that total evil Luthor. So I see the writing on the wall for the, for season three, her becoming the 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 big bad uh, that fills the shoes her brother left and her mother left. So I, I see the writing on the wall of that. That's why anytime you guys are going to find this out about me, uh, that, that the team already knows, I've never been high on relationships and superhero shows. This doesn't do it for me. But um, <laughs> it just doesn't. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. So let's move on to, uh, to The Flash, which I thought was possibly one of the most jaw-droppingest uh, mid-season finales of all four of the shows. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Barry versus DeVoe, um, which is definitely very interesting to see how those two would react uh, to each other with DeVoe being uh, uh, stuck to the chair and Barry being a speedster, how that fight would, would kind of look. We saw it and it kind of reminded me of Sonic versus Egghead. It just wasn't really good <laughs> to see. It's not really like a, a, a good matchup. So it wasn't really that fun to see. Um, but it was good to know that DeVoe had a, a end game. He had he had a backup plan. He had a plan B. There was always a, a bigger plan to him just putting all these metahumans that he technically constructed um, by bringing Barry out of the speed force. There was more to his plan. Uh, so speaking of Barry versus DeVoe, Eric, what were your thoughts on the battle that we saw between Barry and DeVoe in this uh, mid-season finale? I I have to say, first of all, that the writers really thought this whole thing out, and I can almost see them in the writer's room working backwards from this mid-season finale. The way that they had DeVoe set Barry up was beautiful. And, and, And the fact that he is way smarter than Barry ever will be, and I love Barry, don't get me wrong. He didn't even have to lay a finger on him. DeVoe didn't have to lay a finger on him. He Barry every every inch of the way. And to watch him manipulate and use Barry was just brilliant. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I I said before the season started, the idea of bringing in DeVoe was always weird. I don't like when your main villain is a mindset villain because you uh-huh. can't see visuals. Um, and I thought this, this season would have been a perfect time to introduce the rogues, especially knowing uh, that um, – what's his name uh, that plays uh, – oh, man, I forgot his name. That oh, plays, uh, Captain Cole. Yes, Captain Cold. Knowing that he's walking away from that character for good after this season of Legends, 
I thought you definitely could have told him, listen, don't do Legends. Do uh, do the Flash. We're going to do the Rogues. We're going to have you exit in, in the proper way. Uh, you came in as a villain. You, you had time as a hero. We want you to leave as a villain. Um, I thought that would have been perfect uh, for him to leave as part of um, Barry's Rogue, Rogue Gallery. I don't like the idea of a mental versus speed or a mental versus strength because it's like you don't get good visuals from that. Um, but exactly. say, what were your what were your initial thoughts on uh, Barry versus Devoe? Um, I was going Barry versus Devoe, and then I was going to why Flash walked himself into that. So the battle itself, you was right that dude was like Sonic, and I never thought about that till just now. So kudos to that. Um, yeah. I mean, the fight was okay. We already knew from when the devote was introduced that he was a mental person. So, yeah, you don't see visual effects, and I understand that, but they put Barry in the wildest predicament ever. And the reason why I say that Barry should have known better, he is a cop. Well, he's not a cop. He is a forensic investigator. His job is to analyze and conclude without judgment. I've seen a setup coming from a mile away. Now, I was not ready for Devoe to do what he did, now, and that caught me off guard. But the whole nice thing, if I see something that they ain't got no address, I'm returning it back. I'm not going to sit here and put my fingerprints all over something. But mm-hmm. that's, just, that's just me. No, but that's not just you, Barry, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> but this is going to show how Barry sees justice from this point forward because he didn't run. And when you are in the police force, and you know anybody who's in the police force, if you are truly innocent, the first thing you do is to just, if, if it is up like that, don't run, don't say anything, get your lawyer, get quiet, go out on bail and build your case. Like, he should know that. You know well, I mean? the, that, and that's why I'm happy that they didn't let him run. How the Flash going to save, you know, Central City when he locked up? And I'm interested to see that. And I like well, the, show that, that image is of the time for us. The, the, the biggest thing, though, with Barry was it wasn't logic to why he didn't run. It was only Iris. If he hadn't have married Iris, his initial was reaction married. was to run. Uh, that's who he is. Uh, yep. you know, he thinks speed first. Um, it took Iris to keep him grounded. So now that he's grounded, he knows he has too much to lose. And he can't spend a life on the run, um, so yeah. it wasn't necessarily logic that kept him there. It was it was purely love. Idea. That photo but being because, there, him looking at love, it. Because of that love, it made him second guess and it made him realize everything else. He can't run because of Iris. He has to stay there and deal with it because of Iris. Iris is what triggered it, but the actions right. that followed in relation to him, that that became a thought because of Iris. Right. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that that's totally. Devoe played on that. He played on that. He played on that, knowing that uh, Flash wasn't gonna leave because uh, there's there's no way you can. Barry would be a uh, a criminal forever. And to allude to the picture that you were referring to, Shay, uh, I had sent <laughs> Shay and Eric a photo of back in season one, uh, where Barry was running through the Time Force. Uh, or the Speed Force, sorry. Time Force is Power Rangers. I apologize. Speed yeah. Force. I'm the, pink, um, I'm the Pink Ranger. That's my bad, though. I think. All right. He was running through the Speed Force, and as he was seeing the future, which was Supergirl, 
which was the Legion of Superheroes ring. He also saw a, photo, uh, uh, a visual of him in prison. Um, so it's crazy to see how things catch up and how he wasn't able to avoid the future. Uh, so we will see a Barry that will have to spend some time in jail. There's too much evidence stacked against him for them to let him out on bail. Um, uh, so he'll be spending some time in prison. That'll be interesting because we did see in the same uh, trailer for the second half of this season that you do see the flash on the street, like the flash, the flash. So it means yes. either he found a loophole to get out or he just mm-hmm. got out, uh, saved the day from whatever was going on. So that was that was really interesting to um to to see that. Uh Eric, what was your take on on, on uh on the whole Barry not running, uh DeVoe kinda getting one over on him, his last his last middle finger to him before he switched bodies. What was your whole take on that? Um I found it very powerful that, you know, Shay nailed it. You see the lightning start to build up on Barry like he's about to run, and he's looking through the room. I, I really like how the door was slow-mo blowing in, you know, from a technical standpoint, just, just watching that and how time slowed down. But as soon as he hit, he looked at that picture, he went, crack, I can't do this. And... Again, DeVoe knowing that he would he would run to protect his family. I, I, I still think I still think this is probably you know one of the better seasons of Flash. Yes, <laughs> yes. Say it again. I, I, I mean, the, the the three seasons of Speedsters were great. You know, they had their moments, but because my kids are binge-watching The Flash right now, and they just got through with a different mid-season finale, and I'm, I was sitting there watching it going, this is so different from the DeVoe season. The DeVoe season just seems so much more doom-filled. Like, yes. ha-ha, I got you. Not only did I get you, I get a new body. Well, but technically, have- technically that exact same logic is what Barry got from season one exactly how you said it it was he did not see it coming that the guy that helped him become faster was his villain and he switched bodies to do it so so i mean in Uh in logic we got the same kind of season except um in season one he he affected him emotionally he was a here was a guy he's always looked up to um who he finally got to meet the guy was helping him along with his powers, helping him to become faster, saving him in situations he could have gotten himself killed in, only to pull the carpet from underneath him to let him know, hey, one, I created you. I did it on purpose. It was to help me get home. And two, um, you know, I killed your mother. Surprise. So, I mean, uh-huh. a, lot of, a lot of these mental games, DeVoe's playing with Barry, Reverse Flash played with him first in season one. So it's kind of a mirror. The only difference is there's no speedster on the other side. Barry's the only right. speedster in the scenario. So it's it's right. even more of a mental game. But I think the ultimate mental game is to train someone to become faster, knowing you're going to use that speed to get yourself home. And you created him, one, through killing his mother, uh, and two – through actually making the particle accelerator that created him into becoming the flesh. That to me is the ultimate mind game you could play on someone. But I, I do get your point. 
that it's more of a mustache twirling kind of season this season than we've ever had before. It, it, is, it is way more of a mental game than we've ever seen before. But I think the ultimate mental game he's gone through is season one. Because you can't top that. The man killed your mom and made you a superhero. All, all in respect to get himself back home. So that, that to me, is the that, ultimate mind game. Uh, okay, you win. You win. I, I totally agree with you on that one, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? You can just drop the mic and keep going. We understand. <laughs> no, no, because honestly... Honestly, Eric does make a make a good point. And when I say mustache twirling, I mean so more. It's it's a maniacal kind of. It's a process to where, uh, you know, your feet. Every every time you think you move left, his move has already been right for like eight weeks now. Like he's already he's mm-hmm. that far ahead of anything Barry's thinking of doing. So I do get it in a sense of it's literally a a mind game between the two of them and. I will say the biggest thing that I look forward to is if this season ends without Barry uh, doing that infamous scene we got from the comic of, of Barry versus uh, DeVoe <laughs> to where he kind of has his hand on his chin with the think cap on because uh, Barry uh, is being worked over by the thinker. The thinker puts the helmet on Barry and works him like that. If we don't see that, it's a waste of a season. I'm sorry. It, I mean, okay, that's I how agree. I felt with that's how I felt with season one, where I was like, if we don't see someone with that ring that shoots the suit out, I'll be disappointed. And I was fine yes. that we got it from the reverse flash. That was totally worth it. So if this season yes. ends and we don't get that comic book moment uh, from Barry and the thinker, I'll be highly disappointed because that is very important. Uh, and we see the CW definitely gives us a lot of comic book moments. I mean, who would have thought we would have gotten a moment with Oliver using an actual glove as an arrow from Justice League Unlimited? I never thought we were <laughs> going to see that. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's little things like that. So them giving us uh, a, a photo moment of um, uh, a picture-perfect moment of Barry with his hand on his chin with the thinker cap on would definitely be a highlight of this season. So, you know, okay. just make sure we don't, we don't miss out on that. Hold on, wait, so can I, I say book. something that? Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so hear me out. Go with me. See if y'all can, you know, keep up with me because I want to see how y'all feel about this. The scene that you just, you know, explained, Barry with the six cap on. Tell me that the best way to to really showcase that would be like Jim Carrey as the Riddler in Batman. Like, like can y'all see that? Can y'all see yes. that? I, like, I would love that. If that happens, I'll be like, yes, yes, that's great. I'm loving that. Because how Jim Carrey did that, when he had it, like, when he was sitting in the chair and he owns the chair, I want Barry to own it. Like, I want him to own it just like he knows that he's going to win. Because that's how the Riddler was. That's how Jim Carrey gave it off of the screen. I want, I want Barry to give that off the screen. Well, I, I will like, say this. In the comics, it was a, it was very quick. It wasn't, it wasn't over the the course of like one or two comics. So I think if he gets the thinker cap on, it'll be a quick picture, picture perfect moment for them to shine on that comic. And then it, it'll be Barry just kind of fighting and resisting uh, the helmet long enough for like Cisco or somebody to vibe there and get the helmet off of him. So I don't, I don't think it'll last long. I don't think it'll be a thing of he's working Barry like a puppet for like the next, you know, for that whole episode or like the next episode or two. I think no, they'll I do it just like, like a homage to. 
Yeah, yeah, but I wanted to give off. I wanted to, I wanted to give off that energy like that. I don't think it's going to be like you know a good two three episodes long. But I want Barry to own the vote. I want him to know that he is defeated. You know, I want to see that. Yeah, I mean Barry's always found a way these last couple of seasons to make sure the villain knows that he won. He was faster. So I'm sure he'll he'll have a moment to where Devoe knows Barry was smarter. Um, quite you know, quite like you said, Batman has with the Riddler. Every time the Riddler mm-hmm. thinks he's smarter than Batman, Batman owns it, shows Riddler that he's smarter. So I mean, Barry mm-hmm. will have that aha moment where he gets to uh he gets to uh, twirl his mustache to Devoe. So there'll definitely be a, a a scene where uh we we see Barry overcome it. Uh, I mean, honestly, if we pay attention to the last season. Barry told Barry how to defeat Devo, uh, but it's it's easier said than done. Um, yeah. So that'll be interesting to see, mm-hmm. to see if Barry ever decides to go back into time to to revisit that conversation to see no. how. No, 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 uh, no, 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 I've been hit flash, and me and him going to have a sit-down, okay? No, it's not happening. I'm just I would not let it happen. It's, no, it's the possibility because... Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I, no, I agree with Shay. Leave time alone. You, you effed up time a couple times now. Let the, let the, the legends handle that. And just stay in the fracking present, please, you know? Well, I, just, I mean, also got to remember, Barry is the the definition of time and space. Uh, the legends are working in it. Barry owns it. Barry at any point in time, anything, all the anachronisms the legends are preventing, Barry could sneeze, go into the speed force and change it all. So, I mean, I, I get you. I understand. We, we, we don't want to see him continuously ruin things, change things, shake things up. He doesn't always need to revert to time. But time is a part of Barry. He literally could run that fast uh, remember last season, he ran so fast, he uh, accidentally ended up in the future to where he saw how Savitar killed Iris. That was by accident. That wasn't on purpose. So, I mean, that I mean, at yeah. any point in time could, could happen to Barry to where he runs that fast that he stumbles across something in the past or the future that he did not mean to stumble across. So, I mean, it, it could happen. I agree with you. They shouldn't use it. It's cheap. But just saying, Barry did tell Barry, you know, this is where we defeated DeVoe. And Barry kind of just, like, brushed it off because it didn't really make sense to him at that point. But now I, 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 I bet he's wishing he asked more questions at that point. But, I um, mean, yeah. yeah. And the flip side to that is, you know, when Barry got locked in the Speed Force, everybody literally told him, yes, you are space and you are time. But this is a responsibility. You can't sit here and always do that. And if you can't handle that responsibility, you will not be the Flash. Like yes. so, he he had his lesson. He made him his mistake. They gave him a second chance. I don't care if he runs so fast that he see my future student loans finally being paid off. He needs to as, <laughs> as soon as he sees that he needs to go back. Don't touch right. anything. Don't change anything. He has learned his lesson. <laughs> or have Jay go with him, and then when. And then when, you know, Barry tries to mess up something, Jay blasts him upside the head and like, ah! Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We, we've, we've learned one thing through three seasons now. Barry usually makes the same mistakes. 
Um, but let's 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 move on. Uh, that that's going to be very interesting to see how the new DeVoe versus Barry plays out when we return to them January, I believe, sixteenth. Yeah, okay, so is, is, is DeVoe going to get the psychic powers? Uh, well, technically, he uh, he switched bodies, so he still is the same metahuman, um, which I think will make things even more difficult because he'll, he'll literally be able to detect what Barry does next. Um, so he'll always be a step ahead. So that'll be, that'll be fun to see. I don't think because he switched bodies, he lost the ability to uh, to have that psychic connection that uh, the guy he took over the body had. I don't think he lost to gain. So I think he still has all that intact. If he loses it, I, I don't understand how DeVoe is still that dangerous. You, you see what I'm saying? Right. So if you're, no. if you're the writers of the show, you want to have both because it stacks the deck against Barry and the team. Um, okay. So I don't think he lost anything. I think he still has uh, what that guy had. He just gained a new body. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how the team has to go deep into their mental to figure out a way to get a step ahead of DeVoe. Uh, so that'll be really fun. It'll also be fun to see we've now seen a death a season of Flash, like a death every season of Flash. It'll be interesting yes. to see if that if that remains in this season, especially when the creators said they wanted a lighter tone of this season. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if there will be a death uh, that will accompany the season like it has the other three. Um, but let's Am move I on. Joe? Uh, no, no. Listen, Shay, those are words we do not say on the show. Joe goes nowhere. <laughs> Joe goes nowhere. Joe is a part no, of no, my no. show. He goes nowhere. No, Joe, I love Joe. I've loved him since uh, Law and Order. No, leave him alone. Yes. Fine. He goes nowhere. That beautiful voice, he goes nowhere. We lost Victor Garber. There's no way I'm giving you Joe, too. Uh, not oh, this no, don't talk about Victor Garber. Not in season four. Not in season four. Maybe in season, like, no. seven, we could lose Joe. It'll be, like, that old. So I won't care at that point. Um, okay, you know I, what? I appreciate you guys for that. I appreciate y'all. Yeah. I mean, you got to keep Joe. I mean, I he's a hard he's got a, he's got a kid on the way. I mean, you can't kill him now. Exactly. I'm just saying, you know, how, you know how they do with shows nowadays. Everything is going great for him. They survived through all that, and then they had the baby. And then what happens? The baby has to grow inside the father, just like I turned into a mother. To be honest, he turns with into you, the they, damn red shirt. Yeah, that'd be crazy. <laughs> to be honest with you, though, the way Flash over the last three seasons have set up the deaths, you can kind of see them coming. Uh, yeah. So true. you know, they they haven't set up Joe. To I, and they may in the second half, so I won't dismiss it, but I'm just saying so far they haven't set it up for us to think that Joe would be the one, if someone died, he'd be the one to die. I'd say if anything, Cecile would be the one to uh, to, to bite the bullet, if anybody yeah. was. Uh, it'd, yeah. be, it'd be the most, it'd be the, the one death that would make the most sense uh, because they've yeah, set her up. Uh, I mean, we've seen more of her daughter. Uh, you know, her and Joe are really good. They have a uh-huh. baby on the way. I could, I could, I could see her being the one. If anyone were to go, her being the one to, to be it. But listen, we can't, we can't really look that far into things. Because honestly, at the end of the day, I need them to have that kid. Because I believe that kid will become Bart. 
So we can't have them. We can't have that kid dying. So you know, let's let's not think about that uh, at all. We need to. <laughs> okay. I like that. But I like that um, idea of that kid becoming Bart. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that's, I, that's I, I've said this. I said we'd either get Bart from Joe, or the lady that served Barry drinks at his wedding that was acting really weird could be the female version of Bart. We could see her down the, down the line. Yeah, that, but that's what I'm saying. It could be a female <laughs> version of Bart. We we see how CW likes to change things. So I could yeah. see them changing Bart uh, to Brittany Allen or, or something along those lines, Brianna Allen, and she's the female yeah. version of, of Bart. So I could totally yeah. see that. But Bart is something I don't even want to wrap my head around yet either. I need them to get Wally more accurate before I worry about Bart. But let's move on. Let's talk Legends of Tomorrow. That was Yay. that was that was fun, but not until the end. So let's not let's not skip too far ahead. I'm gonna ask the questions. Let's just stick to the questions and not move all the way to the end of the episode just yet. Even though that's all I want to talk about. All right. So in this episode, we got Legends versus Vikings. What were your thoughts, Eric, on the Legends taking on Vikings in this episode and there being a a blue doll that was the the whole issue behind it all. What were your thoughts on that? Okay, first of all, the, the whole first little bit with Martin in line waiting for the doll, totally smacked the jingle all the way. I, I love how this show is not afraid to make fun of itself a little and borrow from other shows. But, you know, Martin figuring out the physics on the fly and shooting the bow and arrow. That was a geek out moment for me. The Vikings, I, I, I found it very interesting. Um, it seemed like the one uh, major steel seemed to adapt to the Vikings a lot easier than everybody else did, which which I thought was kind of cool. So maybe, you know, he has Viking blood in him or whatever. Um, I, I kind of quote my oldest daughter when the blue doll, it was, hell no, run away. The thing looks positively <laughs> demonic. Yeah. Evil, hungry. Hell no, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, yes. I agree. <laughs> I, I thought the Vikings serving Bebo was funny. You know, because if, if you think about it, if you took a Bebo or, hell, if you even went and got a force-activated Star Wars figure, and you took it to a bunch of Vikings or Aztecs, yes, that would happen. They would think it's a god. It, 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 yeah. was, technically on, it was technically on point. You know, it, it was a logical reaction. So I, I enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was a lot of fun. Ooh, excuse me. Mainly because it was just, it was so out there. And, and I've always yes. liked Legends because it's out there, but you know they they still uh they touch on a lot of current issues uh while still making it fun and very uh colorful and everything i just i like i said at, at the beginning of this topic the big the best thing out of this episode was the ending this was just like yes. visual noise to me the majority of this episode um shay what were your thoughts on the legends versus the vikings <laughs> that was funny <laughs> Yeah. I mean, a Bebo, I, I'm, with, I'm with my man. Like, I don't rock with no Bebos. Are you kidding me? I barely like Furbies. Like, I gave Furby two weeks, and then that was it. I had to take the batteries uh, out and hide it somewhere. So, uh, I, 
<laughs> and I was a kid, you know, like, nah. So I thought it was nice. I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was it was refreshing to see that they're coping with it, with that death in their own way. You know what I mean? Like, you know, everybody. sometimes some people go through grief. Sometimes people need chaos to keep their mind off of things. So I'm happy mm-hmm. to see how they dealt with it. Um, yeah, I just, I, just, I just thought it was funny. It was a nice little show until the ending, which, you know, I just want to wait for you guys for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, the, the whole when they were planning to, to uh, go after Damien was – it, it, it was funny. You know, it was Sarah saying, okay, I'm going to do this, and then everybody's like, no, this is going to happen. Well, what if we try this? And it's like, no, this is going to happen. And it was just a little comedic moment of them trying to get the right plan to take on Damien. And then to see the final results, it's like, okay, yeah, that was the best logical reaction. But for me, it was just kind of like that, almost kind of like a, you know, the typical heist movie where, every, you know, they're walking through the plan and stuff. I just really mm-hmm. enjoyed that. I thought it was a nice touch. Yeah, speaking of, speaking of nice touches, we get uh, a bit of sentimental value out of this episode uh, with Jax and Martin Stein, a young Martin Stein. We know Martin passed away uh, during the last um, last week's crossover event. And we see this episode, Jack still isn't coming to terms with uh, Martin being dead. So, you know, he tries to convince his younger self into taking a note that I assume had the blueprint for how to avoid dying that day. Uh, and kudos, kudos to his younger self uh, for knowing Back to the Future and knowing the ramifications <laughs> of actually... Of actually opening up that note and actually executing uh, the yeah. ideas of that note. Um, you know, th- this episode was about Jax and Martin both getting closure for the show. Um, yep. Jax had to come to terms with the fact that Martin was okay, knowing that he had a life of love, friendship, and adventure. Uh, and if he made it that long, he was okay knowing that he had a life worth living. Uh, and Jax had to let him go. You had to let him, uh, you know, uh, come to terms with the fact that we all had to die at some point. That some point uh, came at an unfortunate time, but I can't cheat death. Because if I do, right. if I avoid it that day, a building could fall on me the next day and I die that way. Mm-hmm. Then what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You're going to give me a, another day? to avoid it, only for it to hit me the next day. So it, 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 he was pretty much letting Jax know, it'll catch up to me somehow. Uh, and that's yep. the same lesson Barry learned with, uh, with Flashpoint, that yep. you could be fixing one thing, but it would completely alter something else. Like, if Mark knows that he's going to die that day, who knows? Maybe he doesn't have a kid. Who knows? Maybe he doesn't, uh, you know, join the Legends team. So many different things could happen. Um, so it was really good to see Jax and Martin get that closure with each other. Um, and Jax to kind of get that farewell closure to himself, you know, him realizing, uh, I don't have my powers anymore. I don't have Martin anymore. I think my chapter has come to an end, uh, with this team. Eric, what were your thoughts on Jax finally getting his closure? Uh, I thought it was a nice 
a, a very nice touch. I thought that him, re- like you said, like him realizing, okay, I'm done for now. That I like that he gave himself a way to get back in. Hey, you never know. There will always, I'm sure there'll always be Aztecs with jetpacks in Central City. I thought that was a nice little touch thing. Don't forget me, because I'm never going to permanently go away. But I think the overall whole episode, you know, with the crossover and the heavy ending and the way it ended with Dying Dying, the closure was great. The tone was good. It was kind of a little bit of a counterbalance. And seeing the family meal, you know, right before he left, and them all doing the family meal and and getting that last meal together was so nice. It was a, it was a good scene to see. It helped close everything. Yeah, I completely agree. It was it was a really great way to do it, and they did it the only way the legends know how. Um, and I appreciated them sticking to their roots even in sorrow uh, like that. Shay, what were your thoughts on Jack's getting his closure? I agree with my counterpart. It was very emotional, but I was happy he did it. You know what I mean? And that's definitely important that you have that in your life, especially for someone you care about. I think it was great. I think they did a very good job. Yeah, uh, I can. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, it wasn't heavy-handed. It wasn't, oh, my God, he's leaving the show. It was, okay, he's leaving the show. But, one, he's leaving on his terms. And, again, two, mm-hmm. he could always come back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I, I, I was actually just talking to uh, my friend Joelle about this. One thing I hate about today's culture is um, we're access. Uh, we have access to too much information. I think Stein's death would have hit me a lot more if I didn't know Victor Garber was leaving after this season. Um, you know, because I knew the only way for them to write him off was to kind of give him that kind of exit. And if I didn't know, I think I would have, it would have hit me a lot more. But when you kind of expect it, like you know it's coming, it, it, it doesn't do much for me. I think I felt the same way when I I felt like season two of Flash, I felt like Barry's dad was going to go. It was only fitting. Mm-hmm. First season was about his mother going. Second season mm-hmm. kind of felt like they were going to take his dad away. And when it happened, it didn't hit me as hard because I felt like I saw it coming. Uh, so I was kind of hoping, you know, it, it kind of upset me a little bit because I knew Martin was going to go ahead of mm-hmm. seeing the episode. So it didn't hit me as much as I wanted it to. So I just I sometimes hate that we're in this business because we're privy to way too much information uh, about what's going to happen with these characters. So oh, no, it, it's, it's sometimes a good thing, sometimes a bad thing. A uh, bad thing. Let's sorry. Go ahead. That. Let's correct that for the record. You, sir, are ahead of the game. I am <laughs> sitting in the back of the theater, just like everybody else who don't have these hookups like you do. Let me just make. Let me just claim that you got oh, the hookups. Oh. I, I just see it all. It just unfolds like I'm in the Cinemax. I, I'm kind of in the middle, you know, because I, I read all the, forgive the wrestling term, but the rag sheet, you know, yeah. newsrama, CDR, I read all that stuff, so I kind of keep up to date. But still, there's some stuff that kind of surprises me, and it's like, oh. One thing I will say, though, I, when when Stein died, I said, it was it was moving, 
but it wasn't a Doctor Who death. You know, whenever the Doctor regenerates, and I know this is a completely different sci-fi thing. This is my other <laughs> my other big love. So whenever oh, the Doctor regenerates, you know, it's always a tearjerker. This was okay. I had, you know, I'll admit it. I had one tear go down my eye, but then it was like, okay, that was a nice way to go. Mm-hmm. It, it, in the in the ranking of deaths in the DCE in the DCTV, that was a nicer way to go. So, yeah, but I agree. Know. I agree. I will say this though: someone asked me what was uh, who would I who would I say was the dad of the year in in the in the geek world, and I I still don't have Logan Yondu or Stein as my dad of the year. My dad of the year will always be Steve from Stranger Things. Hashtag Dad Steve. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's move on to uh, to to more that happened in this episode. Um, for some reason, uh, they didn't really properly explain it, but we got Damien Dark as Odin, the God of Thunder. Popped up out of nowhere at the most random of times, but yeah, sure, why not? Uh, <laughs> I love Damien Dark's character. Uh, for some reason, they keep finding the weirdest ways to bring him back to life. Why not just stop killing him and have him just be a typical villain that escapes? rather than you uh-huh. murdering him and then finding the most weirdest ways to just bring him back. I don't get it. Uh-huh. Um, but Legends, for some reason, has found the formula to making sure Dark never stays dead. Um, Dark, but, Dark, is uh, kind of like the, Dark is kind of like the American version of the match. You never really understand how it comes back, but damn, when he comes back, it's always kind of fun. Yeah, I agree. As long as uh, you said the mask, right? The master from Doctor oh, Who. Okay. Okay. He's, he's the big villain. I got you. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, I definitely see that 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 correlation between the two. Uh, it's always great to see Damien come back, just as long it's just as long as it's never in the in uh, in in Arrow. Um, but uh, what were your thoughts? <laughs> what were your thoughts of uh, Damien Dark as Odin? Uh, Shay, I'll start with you. I mean. You know, Damien Dark always comes in in some, like, dramatic ways. Am I interested to see how this is going to go? Yes. Do I think he can make this work? Yes. Am I surprised they did this? No. Uh, You know, I just, I want to see how it's going to play out. And sometimes I'm like, oh, man, he's back again. But when he's back, he's still giving me, you know, that vibe that I'm loving. It's just... Eventually, I want him to dial the show because now they're just doing too much. Yeah, no, he's a uh, uh, Neil McDonough. Mc, I can't pronounce his last name, but Neil is an amazing actor. Um, mm-hmm. Last thing he did that I just love so much was he was the voice of Deadshot in uh, uh, that Arkham movie uh, with Harley Quinn, uh, Batman Assault on Neil? Arkham. Yeah, he was yeah. the voice of Deadshot. Oh. Yeah. So Neil is just super talented, and I was excited when he came into the Arrowverse, just not overly excited that he came to Arrow. Um, mm-hmm. But we don't need to get into Arrow just yet, so I'll go to you, Eric. What were your thoughts of Damian Dark as Odin, the God of Thunder? Intriguing. I, I wish they had given it a little bit more. T- I-, I understand that it was, okay, throw him in let them do the thing, and then go. I wanted a little more. You know, I I, 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 I hope we get a little more 
of Damien as Odin. I think it's kind of interesting, you know. And like you, I'm kind of a I'm kind of a Damien sucker, you know. It's like, okay, what's he going to do this time? I, I thought it was yeah. entertaining. I thought it was great. Yeah, no, he's hilarious. Especially it wasn't last week. The week before last, him dancing to Return of the Mac. I mean, you just can't get any better than that. <laughs> Damien is just awesome. Like, it takes I wish it takes I a. You didn't see that episode? No, no. Hold on, I'm missing something. I didn't see that. Did I? Did I go? Yeah. Did I have to go cook? I need to look that up. The episode yeah. is actually called Return of the Mac. That's that's the name of the episode. And it was uh, Ray Palmer's phone at some point in that episode. Uh, the start You're of the right. episode. Yeah, yeah it rung okay. and it was Return of the Mac. And he was like, "What? You guys don't like this song?" And then like the team throughout the show, I think. Uh, uh, Steel, uh, Citizen Steel started singing it when he was tied down to the bed, and then uh-huh. it came when uh, it came when Damian Dark finally came back, and they were having like this huge, uh, this huge battle between the Legends, uh, the Time Bureau, and, and Damian Dark, uh, and, and his uh-huh. clan. Um, they started playing Return of the Mac, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and he was dancing God. to it while fighting people. It was it was possibly some of the, the dopest things I've ever seen in the Arrowverse. Uh, them fighting to Return of the Mac, let alone calling the episode Return of the Mac, alluding to Damien Dark being the Mac that's returning again. It was just, it was great all around. It was great all yeah. around. Um, but let's get into uh, towards the end of the episode. Sarah, uh, you know, gets taken into this this weird place. And she hears this voice, a voice that is very reminiscent to somebody we will get to later. Not yet, guys. We'll get into him a little later. Um, but she has uh-huh. a conversation, well, not a conversation, but a demon has a conversation with Sarah before Sarah is pulled out of wherever she was by whatever her name is uh, from the Time Bureau. Eric, uh-huh. what are your thoughts on who this demon could be and why Sarah, of all people, uh, was the one that came uh that had the interaction with the demon uh the first thing that pops into my head as to why she had the interaction with the demon uh because she's come from the dead um so maybe maybe when she crossed back over she got the demon's attention as to who the demon is i heard the name uh it was a little muffled so i couldn't really tell what it was but Anytime he goes DC Supernatural, it's going to be fun. I, I, I love DC Supernatural characters. I agree. So I, and I, I, I'll say this. This season is supposed to be filled with mysticism and, and all kinds of things like that. So um, if they stay par with that, um, it could be a lot of fun. Um but Shay, what what were your thoughts on Sarah's meeting with that uh with that demon? So, um, like you guys know, Eric, I don't know if you know, but um I am D C or die. So in the midst <laughs> in the midst of all this occurring, um, I actually bought the D C comic encyclopedia and I had a theory as to who it was, but then I lost my page. So I'm kind of going through it right now to see if I can remember. But I could see Spawn, and um, since Legends 
is on CW, and we're starting to see, like, Constantine. Maybe it's a demon that had to deal with him before. You know, maybe maybe it's something, you know, like that, and that's how maybe they could bring Constantine to the Legends for a little bit. So that's I'm trying to think of who it was because I had it marked in my book, but that that's what I'm getting from that. I don't think it was like something super duper daring or like something you know a great villainess. Because who's going to me with the time? What type of villain's going to me with the time bureau? If like you really big and bad, but someone who got beef with Constantine and they can only talk to Sarah because Sarah came from the Lazarus pit, I can see that happening. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's yeah. one of my opinions. Yeah, go ahead, Eric. You were going to say something? Uh, no, you're good. I, I, I'm sitting here Googling, trying to see the name of the demon, you know, and, and going through all my DC information, and I, I'm not finding it. So please enlighten me. Yeah, um, so when I find it, I'm going to find what When somebody tell me, I'm going to look it up in my book. Yeah, no. Um all right, so then let's while you guys are looking that up, let's get into the Hellblazer himself. We see oh, yeah. Sarah. We see Sarah on the Wave Rider. Uh, well, entering the Wave Rider after, of course, they uh, stop the anachronism, save the day. As she walks, as she's walking to head towards uh, the the pathway on the Wave Rider, she's stopped by someone with a mysterious voice. She turns around, and it is none other than John Constantine himself, uh, Matt. Uh, being reprised by Matt Ryan. I shouldn't have to say that, but I know someone out there is going to say, is it Matt Ryan still? Yes, it is. Uh, um, this this is awesome, but I will say this for all of our listeners. Matt Ryan is only back for two episodes. So I'm, I am pairing this topic up with no more jacks, meaning Firestorm is gone. Two spots need to be replaced. It will not be by John Constantine. He is only on there for two episodes. Um, it would be awesome because it would make sense. John Constantine versus Damian Dark would be awesome, but we will not be getting that this year unless they pull a, a, a Houdini on us, and that's really what they're planning. But they did say, and I believe Guggenheim kind of alluded to a little bit, um, that Constantine is only there for, like, one or two, maybe three episodes, but he is not the official. Well, yeah, he is not the official uh, new member of the team, and it makes he sense. Don't Constantine's to be. not a team guy, so outside no. of Jeff no, he's not. He's not really a team guy. So my question to you is: Who do you think um, will be replacing those two empty spots? of the Team Legends roster. Okay, I'll start with you. Oh, man. Hold on. I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, who can I say who, I, who, who I will wish? Who I, I was just going to say, who would you I like know. to say? <laughs> okay. I understand this is going to be reaching for everyone who you know is listening and for you guys. I really wish they would put Static Shock in Legends. I know it's never going to happen, but if they could put Static Shock in DC's Legends of Tomorrow, I will lose it. Like, that would be so dope to me if they put Static Shock in Legends. I know it's not going to happen. I understand that is only, you know, a dream that my mind can explore, but I kind of wish they would. Well, hold on. I feel like that would be cool. Let me say this. Let me say this. Um, it is 
it is a future guest. Uh, we will be having uh, Nefessa, I believe is her name, from um, Black Lightning. I will say this. Mm-hmm. It was heavily being discussed that if not this season, next season, Virgil could be a boyfriend of one of Black <laughs> Lightning's daughters, that Black oh, Lightning yes. then takes him under his wing, becoming Static Shock. So DC is not deaf to everyone who's been clamoring for Static Shock to come into this universe. So we could get Static Shock. We're not going to get him in Legends. We might not even get him. uh, We'll get him to the capacity that we got Kid Flash and Roy as far as when he does make his appearance on um, Black Lightning. But do not fear, if not this season, even though this season I think we'll, we'll get mention of him like the name Virgil. But him fully becoming Static Shock will happen no later than mid-season of season two of Black Lightning. So you don't have to worry about never seeing Static Shock. It is a possibility. I just don't think he'd ever join the Legends. Okay, well, you know what? I just got happy because I didn't know if, if they were willing to put Static Shock in that, but I did not think of, you know, him being introduced as a boyfriend. So that is a, a dope way to bring him in. But, yeah, okay. I'll take that. I'm cool with that. Uh-huh. I still watch Diet Shock now. I'm 26 years old. I still watch Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I don't care. Like, Static Shock was that show. Hold on. I'm 42 and I still watch cartoons. What does that say? It says that you're cool, man. That's what it says. It says that you're cool. <laughs> I sit that, down with that's my That's all kid. I get from it. See? Yeah. Everybody likes it. Definitely. Um, Eric, who would you like to see replace uh, Team Firestorm on Legends? Okay, here's my... I could definitely see this happening because I love the actor that plays Wally. I think he's amazing and he really needs to be on Legends of Tomorrow because, one, not only do they have an opening, but Wally's already... Wally, when when they first introduced him, he was a... He understood, like, mechanics and stuff like that. So he could keep the Wave Rider going. Because you don't have, basically, a Scotty character to keep the ship going. But two, you can use the speedster on that team. And you can really let Wally grow. That's who I would like to see on the show. Yeah, um, honestly. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I want to hear what you have to say. Um, yeah, Wally is actually being viewed as the clear-cut favorite, if not the uh, the exact person that they're going to have um, step in. Uh, obviously, he could fill in for what Jax did and bring a whole nother dimension to that team. Um, okay. Also, I don't think it was a mistake uh, that one episode of Legends where uh, Citizen Steel was uh, teamed up with Wally, I don't think that was uh, just something to throw together. I think that was more so a hint to how awesome and how fun Wally's personality could be joining those other colorful personalities on, um, on, on the Legends roster. Also, let's say this. Wally does not fit on the Flash show as of now. Uh, that team looks like it's leaning towards a Cisco, Caitlin, a.k.a. Uh, Killer Frost, uh, uh, Iris, and possibly Elongated Man for however long that lasts, or Plastic Man, whatever he's calling himself. 
Um, so I think this team works better when Barry is the only yeah. speedster. And honestly, instead of Wally just being a cameo here and there, I'd rather Jesse Quick be a cameo here and there. Whenever Barry needs another speedster, he can lean on Jay Garrick uh, or he can lean on Jesse Quick. I prefer that. Let Wally become his own person. Um, and also, Please. just to bring this up to you guys before we get into, because we're going to transition into Arrow. Before we get into that, the hugest thing, I told you guys I would bring this up during the show, Mark Guggenheim today during his panel uh, when we were covering uh, Ace Comic-Con, he was asked about could we see, ooh, excuse me, could we see the Titans cross over with the Arrowverse? This is his exact quote from what he said today uh, when we were in the, uh, the Q&A with him. Great question. Again, above my pay grade, I will say this. The one thing I've learned is never say never. I cannot begin to tell you how often we say to each other, we never thought any of this was going to happen. We never thought we'd see all these characters. We never thought there'd be a universe. So never say never. But in terms of which characters would be on which shows, what, what parts of the universe, uh, or, or in what parts of the universe are, that's above my pay grade, and, and, and that's probably a good thing. So, Mark Guggenheim is aware of what's going on with the Titans, and he also is aware um, of the idea of the DC Universe, unlike Marvel, loves the idea of their worlds colliding. They love uh-huh. it. They love it. Uh-huh. Um, so, I would say this. I would say we we would have a better chance of the Titans crossing over. They had went for Nightwing and not uh, and not a young Robin. The fact that they went with a young Robin means they're going to at least make it two or three seasons for this team to grow by themselves, not having to be attached to anything else. If they were, the reason why I say that is, if it were Nightwing, Arrow has mentioned uh, Bloodhaven at least. 15 times that is not by accident that is not by accident so that means that there is bloodhaven there and we know nightwing resides and and completely protects bloodhaven i do not feel as though that was an accident so if you're telling me this titan show goes for about i don't know four or five seasons we could see season two or season three uh start off with uh uh, Dick Grayson becoming Nightwing, evolving from being Robin, and seeing him have an interaction with Oliver Queen. We could definitely mm-hmm. see that. It would blow my mind, uh, but we could <laughs> definitely see that at some point down the line. So I just wanted to let you guys and the viewers know, our Guggenheim is aware um, that we want to see these two worlds collide. But I, I will tell you, he's being very honest when he says that is above his pay grade, because uh, Titans is going on DC streaming service. So DC streaming service as of now has nothing to do with the CW universe. So I can mm-hmm. see how the guys who are putting together the streaming service don't necessarily want to muddy. And when I say muddy the waters, I don't mean it in a disrespectful way. I just mean they don't want their lines to cross just yet. And that's good. Let the Titans be its own thing, grow to be its own thing. Then if maybe two or three years down the road, if Arrow is still on and you want to, bring that, uh, bring Nightwing into the Arrow universe, I'm all for it. I just don't need all of the Teen Titans in the Arrow universe. Because then I think you're, 
you're then you're, you're snowballing way too much. Um, I mean, heck, if we can't even see Batman, I, I don't want to see the Titans interact with Oliver Queen before we see the Batman, and we just had Oliver name drop Bruce Wayne. So, exactly. you know, I definitely don't want them to move too fast. So uh, that's our segue into Arrow, which um, I'll kick it to Shay first so he can hit me with the I told you so. Uh, but I, I will say so. I, I will say Arrow was not my favorite of the, uh, the four midseason finales. Very anticlimactic. Uh, I was saying that as uh, on, on the Facebook page as the episode was progressing. Nothing about it captured me. Honestly, it was a throwaway episode for me. And that hurts yes. because Arrow is my favorite show out of all four of them. And it was a throwaway episode for me. Like, I could have missed it, came back January 18th, and not missed a thing. Like, I could have missed that entire episode, came back January 18th, and, like, nothing would have been like, oh, man, did I miss when they said that or that? So there was nothing captivating about this episode at all. But, Shay, I'll kick it to you first. Um, What were your thoughts on who betrayed Oliver? Well, I'm saying I told you so because I called Wild Dog, everybody. I called it in the group message before the show popped up. And the reason I call Wild Dog is because, you know, unfortunately, people who try to do the right thing end up in wrong situations. And when you find a weak link and you expose that nerve, you are willing to do anything for your child. Uh-huh. And that is why I went with Wild Dog. Now, here's why I will say, even though technically I was right about it being Wild Dog, saying that I told you so, I will also go on the record saying that I thought it was Wild Dog, but I thought that he would have told Oliver like, as a heads up, that they're getting too close, but Oliver could have forgot because everything that happened with Price's ex, and then now, you know, he's married. Like, it could have slipped his mind. I thought that he would have gave him a heads up. I understand why the team does not trust Oliver anymore. And to a certain extent, I understand why they all bounce. But the flip side is I understand Oliver. Like, this is two sides to a point where you would have to pick a side but you can't sit here and say that the side that was chosen was not chosen with a biased standpoint. You see what I'm saying? So everyone had their, their issues, especially with my man when he got drunk at the wedding. You know, it happens sometimes, but I knew it was going to be wild dog. I, I called it. Yes, you definitely did. Um, so I, I hate the, the idea of people saying I told you so to me. But you deserve it, so, so you know, it, it, it's fitting. Uh, I will say the only reason, uh, it didn't shock me that it was Wild Dog. I remember telling you it was, a, it was the easy way out, and you're better than that. This yes. far into, you're in your, what, I think six seasons, and you're yes. using the easy way out for a mid-season finale? Like, that to me was just, it was, it was cheap. It was cheap to us. Uh, they could have used that. This is what I was telling my friend Joel in the car, ri- car ride back from Ace Comic Con. This is how you should have done the reveal of who the snitch was that would have had fans like, oh my goodness, I can't wait for January 18th. You have it to where the episode goes by. Obviously, they still kidnap Lance. They spend the episode trying to trying to find Lance. Uh, 
and the episode ends with the FBI uh, agent calling Oliver in, uh, you know, for some questions. She sits him in the interrogation room. She's telling him, we got you. And he goes, listen, how many times I have to tell you guys I'm not the Green Arrow? What do I have to do to to prove to you that I am? And she goes, oh, no, 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 no. We don't need, you know, we don't need you to prove that you're not the Arrow because we have proof that you are from someone on the inside. And then he goes, what are you talking about? And then the camera pans to the other side of the glass and you see Wild Dog standing there and then the screen fades to black. That's how you would yeah. have fans like, whoa, what? Wild Dog? Oh, man, I didn't see that come. You know what I'm saying? And then they would have exactly. saved the explanation. They would have saved – and then Team Arrow wouldn't have known who the, the snitch was until the trial date where they call Renee Ramirez up to the stand and it totally blindsides the entire team. That way it's not cheap to the fans because there's no way any logical fan didn't see that coming. The only reason why I said they're not going to go with it is because it was too obvious. It was way too obvious. So, um, so I just thought they, they were better than that. That's the way you could have had the fans like, whoa, whoa, January 18th, I need that tomorrow. The way they ended it, I won't speak for everyone, but the way they ended it, I, I could wait for January 18th. I mean, hell, I could even wait for February 18th. I'm, I'm in no rush to get to the second half of of Arrow now. That completely put me off. I have no excitement going into the second half. Um, I agree based off with of you. That, based off of that whole thing. But, yeah, Eric, what, what were your thoughts? I, I agree with you. I think it was a cheap out. Um, honestly, I'm expecting now that this was a planned double cross by Ollie or by, you know, Team Arrow to, for whatever reason, to, 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 you know, of course, you know, that's the conspiracy theorist in me. I'm thinking, okay, well, what if Arrow, what if Ollie did this to do something else, you know, to, I don't know. I understand why he did it. I'm kind of like you. I understand why he did it. I have two daughters. I would have done the same thing. Again, like you, I think they could have shot it better. Mm-hmm. I Honestly, I haven't I, – I watched a little bit of Arrow this season, but it's not my favorite show anymore. It's not. You know, my family and I are like, oh, Arrow. Eh, no, nah, we can skip it, you know, and that's not anything to do with the actors, the crew, or anything like that. They're going out there and they're giving it their all. So writing, for whatever reason – they need a fresh pair of eyes to 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 reinvigorate. Again, in, in regards to the question, I understand why he did it because I would do the exact same thing. So yeah, it's 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 one of those things where it's like I I get it, I get it, but it doesn't mean it's I have logical. to like it. It was cheap. Yeah, it was cheap. Um, honestly, and like I was saying, I, I don't mind that Wild Dog was the one that they picked, even though I still think it was cheap, but there's better ways right. to do it. The way, yes. like, the, it was so anticlimactic where it was like, Dinah, how do I know it's not you? Curtis, how do I know it's not you? It's not them, Oliver. How do you know? It's me. What? Oh, yes. that was so stupid. What? Why? What? <laughs> like, come on. That was so dumb. The argument was dumb. That whole scene was dumb, and I was just like, man, this is horrible. This is really bad. So, yeah. you know, 
obviously there's more to the episode that we're going to talk about. I like the fact that it's now back to the original three. Oliver, Diggle, Felicity, which I've always loved the idea of, of that being uh, where, they, where they go with things. Maybe bring back in Roy, uh, who, by the way, Roy, uh, Colton Haynes, who plays uh, Roy Harper, went on Instagram and said he is in Vancouver. We know Vancouver is where they shoot Arrow. So hopefully it means we're getting some Red Arrow, Roy Harper scenes going on. I would love that. I also thought this episode would have been better if when the team left, it, it you know it goes to the, the uh, another scene then it comes back to Oliver being in the cave by himself looking around and Roy Roy walks in and he goes I heard you could use some help that would have been jaw dropping that would have been yes. like whoa yes let's go the original team is back we get to see two archers like in Flash we get to see two speedsters we get to see two archers fighting mm-hmm. crime as as a team again. Perfect. The fact that they did all, not use that moment to bring him back was also very disappointing. But it I mean, also makes. I don't know. Go ahead. No, go ahead, sweetie. You first. Um, <laughs> the only thing I was going to say that is okay. They bring they bring him back. You know, they bring back Roy, and he's going to be there two arches. But how long did the two speedsters last? You know what I mean. So that that's my whole thing in that. And I don't think that the best way to bring him in would be like him coming down to the to the cave or whatever. I think the more dramatic way to brought him in is to like help out when him and Diggle like was kind of in a tight spot. But I mean that because that's that's that seems mediocre to me. That seems like like if they do that, it would be nice. But I wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't be jaw dropping. So to me, it wouldn't be jaw dropping because I've seen it before and I'm probably going to see it again. Well, the reason why that's the best way to introduce is because it's more natural. If you're telling me Diggle and, and, and Oliver and like a tight situation in, in, in a fight, you're telling me Roy got a phone call from who? Felicity, Thea, and he came all the way down, put on his suit, and happened to show up at the right time. Like, no, that, that, that's way too circumstantial. Like, that, that, that would be totally out of place. But if you're telling me he just came back and he's having a conversation with Oliver saying, listen, I heard you, you know, uh, Thea called me, said that the team left. You're in, you're in a really crazy situation. If you need me to, I can come back and help. And, mm-hmm. and Oliver not being able to trust anybody but a Roy, a Diggle, and a Felicity, it would make perfect sense for, for Oliver to go that I can get from a trustworthy person uh, that, that I know I can trust. So that yeah. just, it would have fit better. But if you're telling me he pops up in the middle of, like, uh, a fight scene, it just, it would be like, that's way too comic book. Like, <laughs> like you know, the team is, the team is, is, is being, uh, you know, is, is, uh, is in a tight situation and another hero just happens to show up at the right time, in the right situation, knowing where they are. Like it, too much of that you'd have to explain and it'd be way too much to explain. This would be easier, him popping up. I mean, it, think of it the same way they did last year where Black Siren just popped up. And it was just like, whoa, what? <laughs> Wait, hold on, Laurel? See, that can't, I'm, can't be I'm Laurel. I'm the type of person that like that. So maybe this, I, I'm the type of person that like that. I know I'm a little corny, so it's okay. No, no, no. It, it has nothing to do with you being corny. It, it, it's a preference. If if you prefer him coming back a different way, that doesn't make my way any more right. Your way would be would be great. 
listen, as long as I get Roy back, I, I don't care if he drops from the, the, the ceiling, if, <laughs> if they pop in on him at, at a crazy moment, whatever uh, it takes to get Roy back, I'm fine just as long as I get Roy back. So, it, it, you know, there's nothing wrong with your example. I was just saying it's just more organic as far as storytelling for him to come mm-hmm. back and have a conversation, be brought into the fold through a conversation than me believing that a guy who decided to step away from crime fighting would be that quick to just spring into action, uh, not really knowing the situation, not knowing what's going on, and not having Oliver's blessing. Because remember, the whole reason he left was because Oliver was like, I get that you don't want to be a part of this anymore. Go live your own life. So I'd kind of like them to have that whole conversation where Oliver's like, listen, you, you know, if you want to come back, that'd be perfect because I need you. I need yes. you back. So, uh, Eric, what, what are your thoughts on, on the whole idea of that? Uh, on it being I, I would, back to the original three and the idea of possibly Roy coming back at some point. I love that idea. Maybe, uh, maybe not have him come back as Red Arrow. Maybe have him grow into the Arsenal character in some way. Uh, but I think See, here's the thing. I see both of y'all's examples and go, ooh, I really like both of them. There's the comic book 15-year-old who wants to see Roy pop in and save Ollie at the last minute and go, I heard you needed some help. That's the comic book nerd in me. The, the, the book nerd, the, the TV drama nerd is going, Thea should have called Roy and said, hey, we're kind of in a jam. I can't do it. Can you please come help Ollie? And Roy shows up and Thea brings him into the arrow cave and they all talk it out and Roy steps back into the role. But again, I think if they bring Roy back, I think it's time to move beyond Red Arrow and again, for purposes of character growth, maybe have him step in as Arsenal. Change his look a little bit, change his uniform. You know, they're obviously not afraid to use guns because Diggle uses guns. So, yeah, let him have the bow and arrow, but at the same time, not be afraid to carry, you know, a submachine gun or something like that. You know, because obviously you're not going to have his arm turn into a cannon like in Young Justice or anything. But grow that character out a little bit. See, I actually would personally prefer if they if they didn't go the route of Young Justice at all. Just have him come back, be a more skilled, a more, uh, you know, um, yeah, just pretty much a more skilled version of what he was before. Because um, okay. you'd be, I mean, I could even see maybe the season ending with Roy being kidnapped and, and you know, them taking his arm to try to regenerate. Uh, not regenerate, try to recreate uh, their own kind of, of, of hero, uh, and it doesn't work out, and, and, you know, Roy has to go without his arm. Crazy thing is, you bringing up Young Justice and someone losing an arm, I'm betting money, that's what happens to Diggle. Diggle loses his arm and has to get a new arm, quite like the arm we saw in that episode of Star City 2049 or something, in that episode yeah. of Legend. So yes. I could see that being what happens to Giggle. I mean, there's too many signs pointing to he's probably going to have to lose his arm. And when he does, yes. Felicity and Curtis will come up with this, or even maybe Cisco with this 
dope mechanical arm that he can use that maybe even turns into a weapon. So the whole uh-huh. idea of Arsenal uh, from Young Justice could be Diggle. He just wouldn't have the name uh, Arsenal. So I, I like I could, that I could idea. See, I could see that that scene being what, what happens with Diggle because there's just so many signs. There's so many signs. Uh, when I first saw that he was having issues with his arm, I was like, yeah, I could see that. I immediately thought of Young Justice, and I was like, I like it. I don't have any problems with it. I'd be fine with it. Uh, so my question to you, Shay, before we move on to uh, more about uh, this episode of Arrow, would you be, would you like the idea of Diggle becoming what Arsenal was in Young Justice? Not obviously the extent of that character, just the idea of him losing an arm, getting maybe a mechanical one that's either just mechanical or he, uh, or that arm could turn into a weapon itself. Well, the only way I would like it is if the arm turned into a weapon. If it was just a bionic arm, then I wouldn't be impressed. But I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that it could work, and I think that it will be something that I can see Diggle doing because he would make that sacrifice for his family. So, I mean, I can see that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, yeah, no, that, that that's definitely very, uh, something to, to pay attention to going forward. Because uh, getting into the, the next subtopic, um, Wild Dog, Black Canary, and Mr. Terrific in the trailer for When It Comes Back said, you know, they, they, they're thinking about maybe making their own team. So with the idea of that, it makes Oliver's job a lot harder because Diggle's yeah. not even at 50%. Diggle can't be in the field right now. So l- we're taking it all the way back to season one where Oliver was in the field mainly by himself. Um, so th- this is definitely going to be something fun, uh, a fun idea for them to play with, with there being two groups of vigilante superheroes trying to save the day. Uh, Shay, what are your thoughts on Wild Dog, Black Canary, and Mr. Terrific starting their own team? Can y'all hear me? Can you hear me better? Oh, I yeah. can hear you now. Yep, I can hear you now. Go okay. ahead. So what I was saying was that if they do that, then they have to grow up. All three of them do. They can't. They can't be as um, you know relaxed as they used to with Oliver because Oliver is the leader. If they want to make their own group, then they're going to have to do more character development, which is the reason I think they will become their own, you know, group. Um, and they're going to understand what Oliver has to put himself through in order for the team to continue. And that's when I think when that dynamic happens. Then around that time, maybe they'll get semi-cool with Oliver and work for him every now and then. But I do think they're going to end up becoming their own team. But they're going to end up having to grow up if they do that. Yeah, a lot of things are going to have to change really quickly for that team. So that that's definitely going to be fun to see. main thing that's going to be fun is uh, Dinah and Renee are both alpha males. Who are they, how are they going to figure out who's in charge? There has to be a, a specific person in charge that leads mm-hmm. the way for the others. Eric, what are your thoughts? Uh, I don't want to argue with her as to when it comes time to figure out who's in charge. Uh, she'll agree. probably win Yeah, uh, for a lot of reasons. <laughs> um, I think the group could be interesting. Um, I'm a sucker for Black Canary. You know, I, I, I am, and I'm a suck, sucker for Mr. Terrific. Uh, Wild Dogs Wild Dog has his moments, but uh, like Shay said, they're really going to have to grow up. And, and maybe that helps Wild Dog become 
a better character and a better team player. Um, in the beginning, they're going to be hell for Ollie because they're going to make mistakes because they don't have Ollie's leadership, and there's going to be some backbiting, and there's going to be some mistakes. But I think those mistakes will have to happen to teach them and mm-hmm. also to and also to show, oh, shit, we can't, excuse me, I'm sorry, oh, crap, we can't just go running out there, guns blazing, sonic screams going. We really need to organize and almost, you almost kind of wonder if Diggle doesn't become Arsenal, does he maybe go and help them at Ollie's request just to keep an eye on them? That's no, that's not that happening. No? Yeah, no. I, no. I, if anything, Oliver Oliver's going to want to dismantle that team. He's not going to want to okay. assist him in in any possible way. If he wasn't okay. comfortable with if he wasn't comfortable with them being heroes with him, he's not going to be comfortable with them being heroes without him. Uh that's so I, okay. I I could I could definitely see him wanting to stop them before they get themselves killed. Yeah. Um okay. even though technically they have exactly what Team Arrow has, except, well, minus experience. You have uh-huh. Dinah, that, that's technically Oliver. You have Curtis, that's Felicity. And you have uh-huh. Renee, that's Diggle. So, you know, uh-huh. it, like I said, it's going to be very interesting to see how they play off of each other uh, with no Oliver and no Diggle. Um, so that that's going to be something really, really, really fun to look at. But also, it's going to be a little, it's going to be a little nerve-wracking because they're, they're going to butt heads a lot especially about who's in charge. So that's going to be fun uh-huh. to see also. Um, but all right, so let's get into the last subtopic of uh, the midseason finale of Arrow. Did we see the formation of the Legion of Doom for, for Arrow? We got Anatoly. We got the Vigilante. We finally have Ricky the Dragon, which I need to see more of him, like a lot more of him. I thought he was actually going to be the main villain this season, and I hope they don't change that. Uh, we also got the hacker guy. I can't rem- remember his name to save my life. Um, uh, <laughs> what? I, I, I got that in my notes. Hang on one second. Uh, Go ahead, but I, I'll nope. keep talking while you find it. Um, so we pretty much have a – oh, and Black Siren. So we pretty much yes. have a stacked lineup of villains that we're going to see two separate teams try to take out, which is going to be a lot of fun. But it's their version of the Legion of Doom uh, or the Legion of, of Supervillains. Uh, so it's going to be fun to see how this, this group reacts with each other. I was telling my friend, it's very reminiscent of the Defenders and how uh, that core of villains came together. But we saw at the end, there was one alpha male. And I'm really hoping... Mm-hmm this turns out to be the same and uh, 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 the dragon is the, the alpha male of this group. I'm really hoping yes. that, 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 uh, that turns out to be the case mainly because uh, for our listeners who have no idea who we're talking about um, in the comics, he was very skilled in martial arts, like huh? deadly skilled in martial arts. And I would love to just see great fight scenes between him and Oliver and I hope we're not sh- uh, we're not robbed of that by them keeping this quote unquote legion of supervillains to go up against Oliver's team. I don't want a team versus team mentality. I want one guy that's dominant, maybe two, um, going up against uh, 
Team Arrow, just so we can see Oliver and, and the Dragon have those hand-to-hand combat uh, and just make for some really cool shots. Um, but, Shay, I'll start with you. What were your thoughts on the quote-unquote either Legion of Doom or, or Legion of Supervillains? I'm with it. I'm with it. Let's do it. I want to try out to be an extra for one of their minions. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm with it. And I, I think the reason I'm going to enjoy it so much is because, for me, in my personal opinion, the difference between Marvel and DC, Marvel is, like, way more enthusiastic and optimistic, and DC is a little bit more realistic. So with that being said, you know, when you have a legion of doom or we have a legion of supervillains, I want to see that I want to see those plans executed. You know, these are people who on their own cause the problem. So if you put them together, I want to see thought, I want to see development. I want to go from alpha to omega. And I think that with era, with the story writing, you know, with how the fight scenes are set up, it can definitely happen. And I think that once an alpha is established for the Legion of Doom, that's gonna force the whole arrow squad to come back together because they're going to realize they cannot do it separately. They might try at first, but they're going to have to, you know, come to it and deal with it, and it's going to involve all of them. So that's how I think it's going to bring them back together. Yeah, definitely. They're going to find out really quickly that they can't do this themselves. Uh, Uh Eric, what are your thoughts? Uh, I agree. Uh, totally, uh, and I agree with you that it needs to be the dragon, and that Ollie and the dragon need to face off. Um, I, I could even see a multiple rooftop battle, you know, almost like a classic Batman battle. Doesn't mm-hmm. have to be. That's just the first thing that popped in my head. Um, as far as the Legion of Doom, the first thing that popped into my head when I looked at that lineup was who the weak link was. And it's Laurel. Um, do I think she's going to go hero? I don't know. But she showed mercy to her to her Earth One dad. And looking at it, again, as a writer, if I were to look at all those people, the weak link is her. As far as Caden Jane, I really hope Felicity kicks the shit out of him in the cyberverse. He, he, <laughs> He he needs to be taken down. I, I have never liked that actor. No offense to him. I just mean the roles I have seen him in, but he needs to go. But the Legion of Doom, this, this will be interesting. I can almost see the three young pups, you know, Canary, Wild Dog, and Mr. Terrific, try to take on these five bad guys, and they get their heads handed to them, and then they go back and go to Oliver and say, um, we screwed up, you know, and Oliver says, or they have that moment where they go, oh, crap, we are going to have to work together, aren't we? That's kind of what I look to there. And then they're all going to have to work together to beat this Legion of Doom. Yeah, we could definitely see something along the lines of that. And it, 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 it's kind of showing us that it'll, it'll be a moment like that, like either – Curtis will get badly hurt, and then Renee and and, and Dinah will say, we can't do this ourselves. We need to let Oliver know what we know, like they found something out, or whatever the case is. I mean, they're going to have to work together because uh, each person is affected by uh, each member of of this Legion. I mean, we know Oliver 
Anatoly have a history. Uh, we know Felicity and Caden James, uh, at least cybernetically, uh, have a beef going on. Uh, Vigilante and Dinah. And I believe uh, Richard the Dragon, I believe he has some kind of connection to Renee. I don't know what it is yet, but I feel as though they've met before. And that'll definitely be revisited uh, when, they, um, when they meet finally. So th- this definitely will, will, it makes for an interesting second half. I'm just not overly enthusiastic about rushing to see it. Uh, I'm, more so dying, I'm more so dying for Gotham to come back uh, than I am at, um, at, uh, at, the, uh, at the second half of Arrow. But, guys, we have knocked out all of our topics. We have crushed. It was fun. What did you guys think? I loved it. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> Got a little whoop, whoop what? there. Whoop, whoop. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get some enthusiasm uh, going. Absolutely. Before we wrap the show, guys, uh, Eric, you want to let the people know where they can find you? Uh, I am on Twitter at uh, Eric G two six five. You can find me there. Or you can look me up on Facebook, uh, Eric Guillory, G-U-I-L-L-O-R-Y. All right. And, Shay, would you like to let the people know where they can find you? Um, I do not have a Facebook. However, I do have a Twitter, explicit, E-X-P-L-I-C-T underscore Shay, S-H-A-E. Yes, I know I spelled that wrong. It was a long time ago, and I couldn't change the name. So. Nothing wrong with that. I've run into that numerous times. All right, guys, you guys know where you can find me. All things at Geek Vibes Nation. That is my life. Um, all right, guys, so we will see you next Friday at 6 p.m. to go over a whole bunch more stuff. We're going to open it up a little bit since the uh, CW is on a bit of a hiatus. Uh, so we're going to open up things a little bit next week, uh, have some fun with it, uh, do a lot of more creative kind of topics. And uh, do some more. We're going to add in some debate things for next week. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be very entertaining. Uh, and we will see you next Friday. Um, same time, same place at Hall Thanks. of Heroes. Good night, everybody. Live long and prosper. Um, hey, this is Matt Lesher. I play Eobar Thawne on DCTV's The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Hey, this is Maggie Gia, otherwise known as Poison Ivy, on Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. <laughs>